So stress, what exactly is it? In the the very simplest term, stress is just simply not being able to achieve your goals. And this is actually a really normal part of learning and is actually good for you. You try something new, you just don't have the the skills that you need to do it well, so the results aren't what you wanted. Um, That is stress. You tried and you failed. If you try again and do better, not only will you eventually succeed and learn, but you're also building some resilience. And everyone would agree that resilience is a, a key factor in having a better life. Stress is actually a normal part of life. Early on in the burnout, I kept reading about the fight, flight, or freeze response. And there were a lot of stories about being chased by lions and hippos, but I couldn't really understand how this related to the burnout I was experiencing. That uh, primitive response system has evolved to help us assess physical danger, act quickly, survive, and learn from those experiences. But the reality is we're living in a world with traffic jams, computer viruses, Ponzi schemes, stock market crashes, inflation, supply chain issues, angry senior executives, and performance evaluations that we aren't happy about. These are things that they don't kill you. Um, They don't chase you through a parking lot at work. They mostly just really stress you out and piss you off. The modern problem with stress is that we actually don't have a modern stress response system. What you have is a primitive stress response program that's dealing with modern stresses. So here's what your stress program is doing. Your body's stress response system is is primitive, and it comes from a place that we call the lizard brain. And every time you experience stress, your body sends out adrenaline, noradrenaline, and cortisol to aid your body physically in coping with this um, resilience building and learning is actually what it's doing. So it operates faster than your frontal lobe, which is controlling your reasoning thoughts. And this is a good thing. It's super fast. Your lizard brain is is recognizing danger. It's sending hormones into your bloodstream and all of the other systems react immediately to save you. And this all happens before you haven't even been able to have the thought, wow, I'm in danger. I better run. So if there's a a lion chasing you, uh, you'll be glad that you have your primitive brain on your team. But as a modern executive, suppressing emotions like anger and fear, um, the it, what it does is it causes the amygdala to form a stress response that leads to burnout. So your, your, your frontal lobe doesn't have the ability to talk your lizard brain out of sending adrenaline into your body as you're walking into a meeting with your boss for a performance evaluation. And and in fact, if you think it's going to be a difficult meeting, it sends even more hormones into your blood. So studies have been done on some professionals who've experienced high stress on the job all day long, um, people who are in high stress situations. So for a person with a healthy amount of stress, what happens is there's spikes of hormones, and then it takes about eight minutes after the stress is gone for hormone levels to drop down to a baseline level. And in that meantime, your heart rate your breathing, pupil dilation and contraction, changes to your digestion, blood movements, muscle contraction, or just some of the body parts which respond to the hormones um, and then will be uh, back to a baseline level once that's been cleared. So you can imagine that this is a the, the shot of stress hormones that goes into your body causes such a reaction. You can consider it to be quite an expensive thing for your body to be pulled into. 
So what we see when a person has experienced a high level of stress throughout the day, um, and this happens in uh, people like police officers, firefighters, and teachers, um, their body is really smart. It just says, oh, wow, this is, uh, this is expensive. The, uh, let's keep the hormones at a high level because the danger isn't passing. But what really is the end result of that is that the, the bodies of people with high stress are left con- constantly in a kind of alert mode. So they stay in lion chasing mode all day long. Now think about that day after day of being in a state of stress. From a physical perspective, the body is dealing with a high level of adrenaline, which is putting pressure on the heart, the lungs, and the digestive system. The pressure of never getting to recovery mode does take a physical toll on health. It was no surprise for me looking back that I started to develop high blood pressure and actually another symptom I haven't talked about, which is nausea. And one of the symptoms that uh, I haven't mentioned is, is this overwhelming desire to vomit and actually throwing up. So just before I, I experienced a full burnout, I started vomiting regularly. And it was really strange. I would have that overwhelming desire to throw up that would come over me in seconds. There was no clear cause or buildup of symptoms. I would simply feel the desire to vomit and would have no time to react at all. And normally I didn't even have enough time to get to a a bathroom. And the weird thing was, is that after I threw up, I would feel totally fine. Is it was if nothing had happened. Um, And if you've ever been sick enough to vomit, you know that that is not what normally happens. Um, For me, there would be a period of, like if I was actually sick, um, like a virus or whatever, there would be a period of intensifying nausea. Um, And there would be a point where you just know that you cannot stop it. But there is usually enough time to get yourself to like a washroom. And then afterwards, you would you would have some kind of physical experience that would last for at least a few minutes. Like sometimes you'd be like a little shaky or you'd be sweating or you'd like be breathing heavy. You'd feel some kind of a reaction in your body. But none of this was happening. It came on instantly and ended instantly. Um, And you can imagine if this was happening to you, how bizarre this was. Um, But this was happening over a few months. And so it wasn't a short period of time where this happening. So I knew that wasn't a virus. I also did not register that I was sick because the, the vomiting was purely an isolated symptom. I felt physically quite okay, but then I would just throw up. And listen, I'm, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know for certain if this is linked to stress, but what I have come to learn about stress hormones and the impact on your body tells me that was very, very likely caused by stress. So adrenaline moves resources in your body away from digestion. And when the body is getting ready for fight, flight, or freeze, uh, most people experience a slowing of digestion in some kind of a form when they're under a bit of stress. So most people get kind of like heartburn or an upset stomach, or you may be constipation or something like that. Um, So it makes sense to me that one possible way that my body was dealing with the adrenaline was to empty my digestive system. And it was during this period that I actually dropped a lot of weight. My appetite was completely gone. And when I did eat, I would become physically ill. So I have to attribute it what was happening to me as stress induced. And I'm not, as I say, I'm not a doctor, so that might not be the case. But for me, that was probably stress related. 
Um, if I could have explained it away as something else like, like a virus or a bacterial infection, or maybe even a drug interaction, believe me, I was trying to do that. So because I couldn't make it stop, um, I just started making the joke that people needed to stay out of the splash zone with me. When I went out on stress leave, uh, this symptom actually did disappear for a few months. Um, and I can still remember so clearly the day that it returned because I was driving on a highway. And that was really terrifying because in the past, it meant it was coming and there was no time. So I was rolling down the window and pulling the car onto the shoulder really quickly to get the car to a stop. But it, it, then it just passed as quickly as it came. And uh, I was, first of all, surprised that I actually didn't throw up while I was driving. But I was also surprised that this happened again after it had stopped completely for months and months of nothing happening. And so as I continued on, I started thinking to myself, well, okay, so what happened right before um, I had that overwhelming desire to throw up? And I realized that I was thinking about my job. And for me, it was really clear. The vomit was really, the vomiting was caused by the stress of my job. And even thinking about it could bring on the symptoms of it. And, and that was the impact on digestion for me. But I've mentioned that, you know, adrenaline affects a lot of other systems in the body. So sleep is another one. And most people under stress have some sort of disordered sleeping. I think we can probably unpack a whole session on sleep here. But I want to touch in on this because this is such an important thing about what happens in your body. When you reach the end of the day, what your body is meant to do is to reduce uh, hormones like adrenaline and increase the amount of melatonin that is being produced so that you that you fall into a sleep pattern. But if you're under high stress constantly, uh, your body is, is still in the, the pattern of believing it's in danger, and it won't let the level of adrenaline go down enough to allow you to fall to sleep. Um, so most people experiencing high stress cannot sleep, and the reason is actually hormonal. Um, the, the stress hormones are not turning off and dissipating in a cycle in a normal way. And sleep cannot be triggered until the stress hormones are low. So really think about that. Your body is in lion chasing mode when you crawl into bed. And if you want to survive, you have to stay awake. And so your body is trying to keep you awake to avoid danger and you end up getting a bad night of sleep. And when you wake up, and this is like the, the the horrible part, when you wake up after a poor night of sleep, your body actually recognizes that the energy stores are still depleted, and it sends out help, which is um, which is good. <laughs> but your body is constantly adjusting to keep you going, and that help comes in a way that doesn't recognize your pattern of chronic stress. And what it does is it sends another shot of hormones into your blood to get you moving. And it does send adrenaline into your bloodstream. So then you actually ramp up that stress cycle. And then most people, when they wake up and they're tired and they get another shot of adrenaline, they pour themselves a cup or two of coffee. And that poorly rested self um, has now created another formula for more emotional agitation. So this cycle was described to me as the devil cycle by a native German speaker. 
And in English, we would call this a vicious cycle. All day stress causes stress hormones to remain high, even at bedtime. You get a garbage sleep and you wake up still tired. Your body sends some more stress hormones to wake you up. And then you have a coffee and you get in your car, drive through a traffic jam and return to your high stress environment. And you just do that over and over again until you can't do it anymore. But how do you get out of this devil cycle? Because this is all hormonal, what you're experiencing. What you, and if you need hormones to drop back to normal levels, you have to remove yourself from the source of your stress. And if you're chronically stressed, your brain has been programmed by your body to remain on high alert, even without the stressor present. So think about the last vacation that you took. How many days was it in that vacation before you finally relaxed? And here's an even better question that you might not want to own up to. How many of those days were you still working before you sat down on the beach? Did your brain return to work while your body was still on the last day at the beach? Did you even allow yourself to mentally leave behind the stress at work? See, we carry the unprocessed emotions which drive our minds to keep our stress levels in line chasing mode, even when we're out of the stressful environments. So I went to uh, on a wonderful vacation alone for five days where I spent the entire time in silence in a tropical destination. What I did that whole time was basically I just sat by the pool. I did some exercise. I went to the spa. I walked on the beach. I slept well. I ate alone and all the while allowed my mind to settle into a calmness that I had really never known. Now, when I arrived at the airport, a lot changed. Uh, when I walked in the door, I had mental and emotional peace. But as I was checking my bag with the airline, the power went out in the airport. Um, and this particular airport did not have backup power. So all of the signs that you normally have in an airport are basically uh, electronic. Uh, and these are the signs that tell travelers the gate numbers and flight statuses. And not one of them was working. Uh and they even had to put a, a manual tag on my bag in order to get it to the plane. So the also, the also the announcement system didn't work. And so I found my gate uh, because uh, they told me when I checked in what my gate number was. So when I got there, I basically stood near the hallway trying to help other passengers who were frantically trying to find their gates. And, and the panic in these people was really incredible. And it was so stressful for everyone. And I, I really remember reassuring a traveler on the same flight as me that he had indeed found the right gate and was in no danger of missing the plane. And he said to me, I was so relaxed when we got here and it's all gone. So too much stress robs you of your well-being and health. And it does it in ways that you are probably aren't keeping track of. We like to convince ourselves that we don't have a choice and that there is no other way to live. It's really quite amazing because I saw that in myself so much. I wouldn't step off the stress cycle voluntarily, even though I could see the harm it was causing me. And I know I'm not alone in that. It's just that chronic stress finally caught up with me. And my body was smart enough to know that if I had um, to get, that it had to get me out of that continuous lion chasing mode. And my body and my brain eventually kind of just broke down. 
So how do you break the cycle? Well, the answer is obvious. And for me, it was incredibly hard to do. If you are facing chronic stress where the body has stopped that cycle of rising and lowering the level of adrenaline in your blood throughout the day, you have effectively reprogrammed your body's stress response. And that is exactly what I was experiencing. And the only solution is you have to actually get yourself out of the environment that is causing you this constant stress. The first uh, recommendation that I got from my therapist was to totally disconnect from work. I have to admit, I really had a lot of difficulty doing this. Work was what made me feel normal. And it was super uncomfortable to disconnect. Um, the only other option that you have um, is to change your response to the stress. Uh, but let's just call that laughable for the moment. And I'm going to tell you why. The stress response is not really in your control. Your stress response is being controlled by a part of your brain called the amygdala, which is your lizard brain. And what that means is that uh, it doesn't consult your frontal lobe, the reasoning part of your brain. Um, you're getting a stress response before you get even a think a second to think differently about the reaction and come up a solution uh, to do something different. The frontal lobe has the ability to reason and come up with alternative choices. And it's it, this is your executive reasoning center in your brain. And it's really great at problem solving and um, options, but it needs more time than the amygdala. And it's also really important to note that your frontal lobe gets tired really easily. It, because the frontal lobe is in charge of things like willpower, the, you, you know this is true. Willpower gets weakened uh, by forcing too many choices and putting too much temptation in front of it. And we've all had that day. Maybe it was a training session or a workshop where you had to think or solve problems for hours on end. By the end of the day, you might not have moved around that much, but you feel exhausted. Um, this is what happens when your frontal lobe gets tired. Uh, your, your, your amygdala doesn't suffer from exhaustion in the same way. When it gets overtaxed by stress, what it does is it looks for shortcuts to save energy. And one of those ways is to keep the level of stress hormones high. And it's beautifully efficient. Instead of rising your adrenaline and sending cortisol into repair and restore you to normal levels, it says, oh, this is taking up too much time and energy. Let's keep the adrenaline pumping until the danger is totally gone. And if you stay in a stressful environment, you are kind of powerless to change this response. Um, what happens is you end up in a situation that your lizard brain is assessing everything as a potential danger. And when it's making decisions about how to respond without your frontal lobe's consent, um, you get a constant stress response. Your amygdala is looking to your hippocampus, which is where your memories are stored, and checking to see if this danger has come before you in the past and it checks to see, well, how did we survive this before? And it basically doesn't allow your frontal lobe to override that. What it does is it generates a cascade of hormones and triggers behaviors to allow you to survive. And, and you know, this is all happening and your frontal lobe is only just registering, registering something like, I think my face just turned red and feels hot. And is you're starting to ask the question, uh oh, I'm what do I what am I feeling here? Um, but your amygdala has already triggered basically the hormonal cascade 
and also looked at your survival uh, choices in the past that have worked and has started working on those. So it is really quite um, obvious that it's impossible for you to change your response to the stress you're under. You literally cannot. The only thing that you can do to break this cycle is to get out of the stressful situation that you're in. Um, For me, that meant that I had to leave my job and disconnect from every, even thinking about the stress and get myself into a long-term state of resting and being stress-free. And I had to eliminate all the sources of stress in my life in order to fully reprogram my brain um, to actually return to that stress cycle that goes up and then recovers and goes up and recovers throughout the day. So I had to reprogram my amygdala, amygdala to get off of that constant lion chasing high alert mode. So here's a final thought on this topic. You, you really cannot outsmart your or outmaneuver your amygdala. Uh, leaving the stressful environment even temporarily is necessary to change your health and recover. Um, but it also means that you could be introducing other stresses into your life. Burnout has an incredible impact on marriages and relationships. Um, It can also create financial stresses that you're going to have to deal with. Now, this is not to suggest that you should be talking yourself out of taking a leave from the source of your stress to try and avoid these things. Actually, quite the opposite. Um, You might be trading off the stress of work with the stress that emerges in your marriage or family. Uh, Your family is going to need support. But the solution is not only to deal with the burnout itself, it also means that there is a solution required to deal with all of the other stressful things that come with a burnout. The solution to a health crisis of burnout is to minimize stress in all forms. And that's the only way to recover. You need to find a way to be able to do that to restore your health. Again, getting help for you and your family will be mandatory. Disconnecting from stressful circumstances is key and the only way to recover. Take care of your health first. Your health in the long term matters more than whatever the short term discomfort you might be facing. Face it with your family and recognize that it's a journey that your family is going to have to take with you. Right now, you might be waiting for a miracle. And I just want to remind you that you are the miracle.